This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went and tried to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. Hey everybody, this is Lane with the Simple Passive Cashflow Podcast. A couple announcements. Go to the website and sign up for a free call to get to know me and maybe I can answer some questions you have. And also go to the website. I have a deal form in there. Sometimes I come across some single family homes or some private money lending deals. And some of you guys have been asking for that. So go to the website. I got Mark Kinney on the line. Hey, guys. Mark is a seasoned real estate investor, entrepreneur, and founder of Think Multifamily. Mark started his real estate career over 20 years ago and has extensive experience in property valuation acquisition operation. He has a passion to help others succeed, much like a lot of these other people I have in this podcast that come on over here. And Mark's got 1,750 units. How many buildings is that, Mark? It's about a dozen. And Mark's background is accounting with the CPA. Did that for a while and figured good foundation, but it wasn't quite as exciting as buying real estate. How long did you do that? I did accounting for about two and a half years, and I did IT after that for quite a while and part of the IT consulting involved finances and everyone when they heard I was a accounting CPA background I wouldn't advertise that because I really wanted to work on supply chain instead so I would ignore those people and say I want to do supply chain. A lot of people that listen to this podcast are accountants, engineers, doctors, lawyers. They've got the day job but they got this different job during the evening. Any kind of words of wisdoms and Maybe tell your story on how you transitioned out of that. Right. So my story, I graduated in accounting, did that for a while, as I mentioned. Did IT, worked for a lot of large companies. And then 2008, I've always been entrepreneur in some form or fashion. Started buying real estate when I was right out of college. Bought my first place when I was uh, 23. And then started getting busy with a day job, traveling, KPMG consulting and SAP and such. And and then a few years ago, I started my own IT company in 2008. That was going very well. But about three years ago, I have a wife and two kids, and I was sitting there thinking that something happened to me, which I don't want to have happened. But if something did, I really didn't have the passive income, at least enough to cover our lifestyle. So about three years ago is when we got more seriously involved in the larger assets. And I did that on the side, like a lot of other people, which was real tough. And then about two years ago, I made the decision to stop doing IT consulting for the most part completely and focus just on uh, real estate. You know, I took a hit financially. I was doing quite well with IT business, but my passion has been real estate ever since I was a little kid. And my wife as well, Tammy, has a big passion for real estate. So we made the plunge and not everyone can probably do that, but we were in a position that allowed me to do that. Just went full force into finding properties and acquiring them. Did you start off with small multifamilies or single families? How'd you get started doing this? Right. Originally, 23 years ago, started buying two, three, four unit properties. And then a few years ago was when we started buying larger properties and larger is relative. First property was really two 32 unit properties. It's a little nerve wracking getting your first deal. And I was nervous about it. It wasn't just about the deal, but also we were syndicating the deal or being a sponsor, we would group purchasing and take other people's money and invest it in our deal. So that in itself brings a whole another level of responsibility. I was quite nervous 
doing my first deal. It all worked out and we got that one. And I still get nervous today when we do deals. That's what I want. I want to get nervous. One, because I know I have other people's money I'm responsible for, but also get nervous because I want to challenge myself to do more than what I've been doing. That's kind of what we've been doing. And so far, so good. But we're always looking for other opportunities. And I think the big question around trying to get into it is just get knowledgeable. However you do that, whether it's just online, looking at different things, attending events, there's all kinds of information out there that can help you, but you need to spend the time to do it. There's a lot of differences, at least in my opinion, from single family to multifamily. And then once you start potentially syndicating a deal where you're raising money, that brings out a whole another level of potential complexity. It's not rocket science, but there's definitely some complexities you need to know before you do that. I'd like to kind of dig in and get a little more detail on exactly what did you buy first. Your story really resonates with a lot of people because you hear all these stories about these guys. They've been doing real estate for a couple of years and they take this fast track and it's this survivorship bias that you hear. That's not what most of the people listening on the podcast or anybody does. It took you 20 years to step up to the big leagues and do these big syndications. How did you start and then what finally made you jump to the big stuff and start syndicating? <laughs> I think one reason, one, having a passion for real estate, but I also was making pretty decent living uh, doing IT. And I'm like, man, if I want to replace my IT income, I need to step my game up and start buying larger properties. So that was really one of the main drivers. And we immerse ourselves in getting more and more knowledge and surrounding ourselves with people that know more than us. Like you mentioned, it took a while in particular because it was on the side. But once we made the decision to go full force, it, it started going quite quickly. But I would totally agree with a statement about not trying to think that you're going to get everything overnight. It takes a while to get there. And you can get there a lot faster when you're starting to partner with other people and figuring out what you're good at, what you're not good at. It's okay not to be good at something, but you need to find somebody else that is good at that and partner up with them to do it faster. So how much real estate did you own by yourself until you took that transition? I don't know. We own not a lot. Like we probably first 20 some years, we probably owned around 20 or so units, not a lot, two, three, four unit type deals. And then the first one we purchased was there were two thirty two unit properties, you know, about a million dollar raise, which was seemed like a lot at the time. And then we just started going bigger. We started doing 200 plus units and now we're closing this month on a 454 unit deal in Atlanta as well. Each time it's gotten exponentially more, but you don't have to do that. And I think the real key is not to compare yourself to somebody else. Compare yourself to where you're at and where you want to be. Determine what your goals are. But some people will say, you know, so-and-so has 4,000 doors or, you know, I hear people have 10,000 doors and great for them. It's really, really good. But you don't have to have that necessarily. Strive for what your goals are, but don't compare yourself to others because end of the day, if you keep doing that, chances are you'll think you're not good enough. And it's not just real estate. It's anything in life, whether you're going to the gym or whether you're in sports, anything you do in life, if you compare yourself, it you're probably going to be disappointed because reality is there's always somebody better out there. And how many athletes go all on top? It's very rare. Boxers lose and there's only one undefeated boxer that I know. In general, it's just one of those things that if you really focus on yourself, what you're trying to accomplish, and take those steps, as you mentioned, it takes time to get there, then you'll eventually get there. You might find out that your goals change over time and be flexible in, in when you're doing that and make sure that you're willing to change your goals if they need to be changed. 
do you recall what your passive cash flow number was before you took did that million dollar raise? What I was making cash flow wise, I don't because we had sold a bunch of them off. It wasn't a lot because we only had 20 properties compared to what I was making IT. It was maybe a few grand a month. Definitely not enough to overcome what I was making in IT, but that's changed since we've gotten into the bigger properties. But that was the proof of concept and then you were ready to take on money. Right. And I shied away from getting all immersed into the multifamily, bigger properties because I was making a decent living. I thought it was going to be very difficult, if not potentially in my mind, I had a limitation in my mind, almost impossible to make what I was making IT. But once I took the plunge to do it and made it in my head that I'm going to make this work, I found out that not only could I replace my income, I could actually far exceed my income in reality, be in a much better position because I have the passive income. And if something happens to me, it's still coming in for my wife and kids and your net worth gets a lot higher. Like you have a small amount coming in, that's fine. But just start thinking about, okay, if I had to buy 100 single family homes, this is the income I'm coming in. But the amount of time to do that versus we kind of did that, right? And then we said, okay, let's start buying larger properties. And in a single go, you can go with 100 units plus for a property, get the economies of scale over a single unit or even a triplex or quad. A lot of people will call me and they haven't bought any real estate and their status quo is working 30, 40 years at a job. And I guess it's no different than when you were doing these single family homes or these smaller projects and you stepped up to syndication. What experience would you give to the other people sitting on the bench not doing anything? I would say is it's going to take time, as you mentioned. I would say people that aren't doing anything, maybe real estate reality isn't right for them. So find out what you're good at, find out what your passion is. But if it is real estate, there's so many sources out there now for education and groups. And there's really no reason or no excuse if you want to say not to be in the game because it's easy now to be in the game. I do think you need to bring something to the table and something to the table could be you have income that you can invest in a deal. Maybe you're really good at running numbers. Maybe you're really good at making relationships and this is a relationship game. There's no question about it. And you have to build a lot of those relationships with brokers and lenders and insurance and CPAs and all those those different areas. Find out what you bring to the table. If you have something of value, you're going to probably have someone that's interested in working with you. And if you don't have something of value right now, figure out a way to get it based on what you're good at. Mark, what's your worst life or business moment and what did you do after and what was the lesson learned? I think early on, I don't know if it's a single necessarily moment, but early on, I would say I was chasing money. Money, if you get it, might make you think that you're successful, but there's a lot more to life. I've learned this. You really need to focus on what makes something significant. Significance is something that I'm really focused on and have a passion for right now because When I chased money, I would maybe get in contracts with people that maybe I didn't really know that well. And this is more on the IT side in particular. And I've had a couple occasions where I've been out substantial amounts of money. And it was because I was too focused on really getting the deal done and not really focusing on the relationship side. I think building the trust and relationships with people and making sure you do business with people that you trust and don't get focused just on cash or whatever it may be. Figure out what's going to happen when you 
die, what are people going to say? It's not just the money, right? For me, I have a big passion to help other people. And if I spent the next 10 years and only one person, they were able to change their life because of something I was able to do, it's worth it to me. We're focusing a lot on our kids who are 12-year-old and a 9-year-old. They're full-time homeschool right now. We're really trying to help them with skills that they don't get necessarily in a normal education. There's nothing wrong with a normal education, but it needs to be supplemented with something else. I would just say relationship, relationship is a big, big area. And once you get that, I don't care if it's real estate or any other business. If you have the integrity and character and you have the ability to develop relationships, I think you'd be successful no matter what you do. Here you mentioned something about personal development and people going through programs can be overused. If you want to care to share more about that? Yeah, so I've been probably most of my life not a proponent of personal development. I just almost felt like it was, hey, if I have a goal that I want to meet, I should be able to make that goal myself. I didn't put things on paper very often, ever. But the more, if you want to say, experiences I get, I can tell you by getting hooked up with people that really understand personal development, really understand it, and they fit for you what you're trying to get from a goals perspective, they can totally transform your world. I think You'll hear a lot of people out there that are doing this today, and that's great. I think people need it, but I don't really don't think there are that many really, really good guys out there doing it. I think there's people out there trying to, you know, quite frankly, just grab money and not trying to help. They take your money and then they're gone. Find someone that can help you not just with real estate, but other areas of your life and someone that's strategic, someone that's been there in a business perspective, and someone that can connect you with other people. That's the key is to be able to connect you with other people as well. And it's something I've learned, embracing, and it's made just significant difference in my life. You see a lot of these guys who are claiming themselves as life coaches, but they don't even have their own business off and running yet. That's right. We talk a lot about syndications on this podcast, and most of the time, these offers are only for those with an accredited status per the rules of the SEC. Now sponsoring the Simple Passive Cashflow podcast is the American Homeowner Preservation Fund, a crowdfunding solution to the mortgage crisis in America, empowering investors to fund the purchase of distressed mortgages. The AHP fund aims to keep people in their homes by investing in notes. It's an opportunity to earn returns while feeling good about making positive social impact. You can start investing with as little $100. You can learn more at investinahp.com. And if you want the free Burn Zone book, please send me an email at lane at simplepassivecashflow.com. What's a current two-week experiment and a six-month project that you're working on to show people that you're working on new things and trying different things out yourself? If you're going to be in any business, and I've been in business, right? I started my own company and worked for a lot of Fortune 500 companies and, and things like that. And you sit there and, and say, well, why does a company survive? And other companies that at one point were even better, they don't survive. And I think it's there are a couple of things. It's being teachable. I think it's being humble. I always tell my kids either stay humble or you'll be humbled by somebody else. Experiment-wise, what we're doing, we're doing a lot of education now, really trying to help people make wise decisions in their multifamily real estate investing and really have a passion for kids as well. Today, actually, my son did his, he's 12, did his very first multifamily deal analysis. He did a great job. We've been experimenting with more things like that, putting different ways 
to make it a little more simple for people. We have some applications we built, whether they do two-week experiments or not. I wouldn't say that. They're probably a little bit more of a somewhere in between that two-week and couple-month experiment. But we built some applications to try to make things easier for people. And they're putting together a lot of material that really goes into the detail of what it really takes. People say they want to be a syndicator. What does that really mean? What does it really take? You're giving up one job potentially for another. Is that really what you want to do? So we're focused on not just selling the dream, like a lot of people trying to you know, somewhat sell this is reality. But we have so many different things going on, whether it's applications we're developing or training material we're developing, different ways to look at deals, trying to be creative on how we structure deals from an investor standpoint. So we always have different things we're working on and we're always changing things. If it makes sense to change things, we listen to investors, listen to other people that are smarter than us and adjust pretty much on a daily basis. We're adjusting our approach on things. That's good that you're putting that education out there. I think a lot of people think that the syndicator role is this big glamorous position, but if the project doesn't perform extremely well, it just could be another job. A lot of the syndicator compensation is what, twenty five, maybe $50,000 a year? That's like another job. Right. You mentioned about being glamorous. It's funny because I used to travel a lot when I was doing consulting and a lot of people say, oh, how glamorous you get to travel around. I'd be in three, four cities sometimes in a week. Anyone else that's been through that, at least most people would probably tell you that it's not glamorous at all. A syndicator, I think, definitely can be very, very good you know, position, but you need to know what you're getting yourself into. We're all about sharing not just the good, but also, if you want to say, the good, bad, and the ugly. And the reason we're doing that, and a lot of people I think maybe aren't, is because we want people to make informed decisions before they make decisions that could impact themselves as well as their family. And I think that changing one job to the other is totally fine. That's what I did, and I love it, but I've always loved real estate. I've always had a passion for it. If you don't have a passion for it, you're probably much better off just investing passively. End of the day, I'd rather be sitting on a beach in Hawaii. My wife, Tammy, wants to move to Maui. That's what I'd rather do. I'd still have involvement in certain things, but do what you're good at. And if real estate is something you're passionate about and really good at, then look at doing syndication. But you have a lot more responsibility, not just from an investor standpoint, but also from Securities and Exchange Commission standpoint. There are certain rules you have to follow. And I know, you know people are out there syndicating deals that don't even know really what they get themselves into. I know you guys are all about keeping it fun and you guys have a pretty good social media presence. And I think you guys analyzed my Atlanta deal, my small one there. Do you guys like my purple dinosaur <laughs> analyzing spreadsheet? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, exactly. We like doing that, right? And there, I think there are a couple of things in there, whether you saw or not, but we pointed out. And because we've seen that before, the other income, for example, that you had in there and, and things like that. Exactly. The social presence piece. And that's, again, something I've ignored somewhat. But I can tell you without a doubt, if you're trying to build any business, it doesn't have to be about yourself because I'm not about myself. I think multifamily is much more than just my wife, Tammy, and myself. It's about something that should be able to be sustainable and keep going if we weren't even there. That's the whole goal behind it. So social media for any business is key, not to become prideful and have a big ego. It's to really get yourself out there and help as many people as you can. We're on bigger pockets a lot, a lot more now, trying to give back to the community for people that are out there somewhat struggling to make decisions. And the information's out there. If we have it, we want to share it with them. Part of the reason I like multifamily is 
there's a lot less competition with the SEO presence and how many apartment syndicators don't know that they can get spammed with these terrible newsletters by pissing people off. Right, exactly. (laughs) True. What's your simple passive cash flow number? And imagine you had two times that. First, what's that number? And then what would be your ideal day, detailed routine, what would you be working on? My cash flow number is probably a million plus a year of just passive. It doesn't include other fees that come in for other syndications, things like that. But about a million a year is where I'm shooting to get. And as far as uh, if I had twice that much, even with that, I would be fine. But if I had twice that number, I would be definitely on a beach somewhere. I would probably go to the gym, work out for a little bit, come back and have breakfast with the family and then do something active, probably hiking or bike riding, something like that. Maybe go to lunch and then I would definitely still be involved in looking at deals. It'd be a lot less involvement than I have now. Other people would vet them out and I would look and review just a smaller number of deals than I do now. And I'd probably go back to the beach somewhere, get on a jet ski or boat. After that, I would, I love cars, very, very much love cars ever since I was little. And I would be driving a nice car somewhere to dinner and maybe to a, a movie or maybe dancing if Tammy could convince me to dance, which she does sometimes from occasion. So I maybe do that as well. She twists my arm. What kind of dancing? You ever watch the movie Hutch where the guy, he says, keep it right here where you're not moving around too much. That's pretty much me. I try to keep it right here and not try to get too crazy. It's just like at the club type dancing. It's nothing too much. Just the lazy man dancing. <laughs> That's right. That's pretty much me. That's where I try to keep it if I go there. <laughs> well, with all this free time, you can learn all these kinds of different superhuman tricks. Exactly. There's something that you've recently thought about burning your cash on for a time savings or an improvement in quality of life. For improvement quality of life, I don't know if it's improvement quality of life, but I guess one thing I would definitely be traveling more than I am now. I would also probably get the dream car. I don't drive. Oh boy, I almost hate to say it. This is probably one I wouldn't get no matter how much money I had, but all things being equal, I'd get a Kona Seg. A lot of people probably have never even heard of a Kona Seg, but it's a beautiful, beautiful car. It makes a Lamborghini look tame in my mind, but it's not cheap. I don't know if I'd really ever get that no matter what I had. I don't want to sound like that's my goal, but as far as something I look at and somewhat really like, I don't like a lot of other things, but cars is my thing. If someone gave it to me, I wouldn't turn them down. People are catching themselves and saying to themselves, well, you know, that's materialistic. That's like a sign that you've got a bad relationship with money and you associate it with greed. No, I would agree. I've never been very good at buying things, even when I have had money. And I almost feel guilty buying things. And it's something I'm working on. I still drive a 2009 car I paid off in 2009. And my son keeps trying to get me to buy something different. But I agree. And I think that I've never really been one to go out and buy things. But there's nothing wrong if you've worked hard and you made sacrifices. I think at some point in time, it's good to be able to buy something for yourself and it's something that I don't really ever do for some reason but I'm going to try to get better at it. Now does Tammy have some good idea that's actually useful? Well a car is useful right? It gets you around. <laughs> but, <laughs> a, plane, uh, a plane is useful. A true. Plane can compress true. time. Yeah. That car might Tammy... be fast but it's pretty negligible. <laughs> true. I don't know Tammy oh, for compressing time is that what you're asking Lane? Or something that you guys that aspirational item that you said that you've made it. Tammy would have a house probably in Maui on the beach. 
I would be there as well, in my cone sake. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Robbins identifies two large concepts that we're continually struggling to gain perfection at. The first is the art of fulfillment, and the second is the science of achievement. First, what's your secret or hack to science of achievement so others can steal it and emulate it? <laughs> I think I touched on a little bit, and I think it's really have what your goal is in mind. Don't focus just on the money. Focus on what you, where you want to be. Money is definitely important. You need it to live, and there's nothing wrong with, with living you know, comfortably. But I also think for achievement, you need to have a balanced life. It's been an area where I've struggled at different times, but it includes your career for sure, but spiritual and physical and education and all those different things. And I find myself at times getting too consumed with just career and maybe not spending the time on the other areas or, you know, potentially somewhat not spending as much time with my wife, Tammy, or the kids. So I think it's really about having a good balance and being disciplined and forcing yourself to really focus in all those areas and having a lot of money and not being healthy and not having a wife and kids that don't like you is not a good place to be. So I've always really tried to have a good balance and it's something I work on on a continual basis and will always probably work on it for sure. But it's a big thing. And I think the other big thing I mentioned too is for achievement is it's not all about you. you know, help other people achieve what they want to achieve. And I think you'll feel better about yourself and get that somewhat significance and making sure you always stay humble. I don't care how big someone thinks they get. You need to stay humble. So what is one way that you teach it to your kid there other than telling him that then he won't listen? How do you model the way or any kind of way that you consciously try and program that in? We have scriptures we read to him that God actually says it, so it <laughs> probably holds a little more weight than me saying it to him. But when he starts looking at something, he'll ask questions around, you know, we have a big raise right now we're doing. And he's like, how much money did you raise? You know, really. How old is he? He's 12. And then have a nine-year-old daughter and she saw it too. And I said, it doesn't really matter. And this could be all taken away in one day. So I really just try to really hone in on the fact that almost anything can be taken away in a day. Making sure that if they think they're good in sports or good in dancing, my daughter loves to dance and things like that. Those aren't gifts necessarily that you just got on your own. Those are talents in lots of cases you were born with. And then you develop them to become a better person. Don't be prideful about things that God has given you to make yourself better in this world. You can definitely develop it. You can develop new skills. But talents are something, in my opinion, you're you're born with. And you develop those further. What is your secret to the art of fulfillment? How do you contribute back? Zig Ziglar talked about you can have everything in life you want if you help other people get what they want. This is something that, in fairness, I wasn't that good at. I've always been a helpful person, always available, in some cases maybe even too much available. But I really have a, both team and I really have a burning passion now really to help other people make informed decisions. And that's where we've started more of the education piece. We're developing applications to help people. And I think through education and then just meeting with people, understanding what they want versus if you're going to raise money, if your whole goal is just to raise money, I think that's probably not a good goal. I think the goal should be I want to meet a potential investor. They may invest, may not. I want to learn what they're trying to achieve from their own goals perspective. 
and I'm going to listen to that, and then I'm going to make a decision whether I think I have something to help them. And if I don't, then I can have maybe refer them to somebody else. And I do this on a very regular basis where in some cases, maybe years ago, I would look at it going, well, I have a potential investor that has money to invest, and we want to try to almost persuade them into investing in my deal. That's not my goal. My goal is to really help them make their decisions. I have people that come to me and they're interested, for example, maybe in self-storage. Well, I know people in that area or assisted living, those areas, and I'll refer people that could potentially be an investor for me, and maybe they will be in the future, but also I'm trying to really do what's best for the investor and what their goals are. Right, and I commend you on that, and I just wanted to point out, somebody can give back and help people, but you mentioned it earlier in your uh, life where you're always available. I mean, that's everybody does it at some point, but that's an example of a supplicative manner where you're doing things just to be a nice guy and there's some kind of quid pro quo in the background. And it's different when it comes from area of abundance where you're just helping people out. Right. And what I have found by doing that, I've been a very transactional type guy for a lot of my career in accounting background, and I would be brought in for IT to fix a lot of problems. And to be frank, I didn't necessarily care as much about people's families. and I didn't because I was there to fix the problem. And the more I've been doing business and real estate and things like that, I have found that I really enjoy getting to know people, whether they become an investor or not. But we've developed some very good friendships with people really by understanding what they're looking for, understanding what they're trying to achieve. And as a result of that, again, whether they invest or not is secondary. And it took me a while to get to that point because I'm like, hey, I have whatever it may be, several million dollars to raise. I want to get the money. But I think if you really focus on the person and not about yourself, that in the long run and maybe in the short run, it'll definitely pay high dividends for you. Any particular incident or a turning point in which you made you finally realize that? Back a little bit to that personal development side that I ignored for a lot of my life. I had my own personal development goals and philosophies, but I think just getting more exposed to other areas is really what has changed me to say there's really more to this than just a transaction and understanding what people's goals are and then listening to people that have been successful and what they do and relationship side and attending events that focus more on potentially not just real estate, but other areas. So I've just gotten exposed through whatever, online things, live events, to more areas outside of that I'd had in, in the past. And it's really opened my eyes that this is really critical. I'm seeing that as a result of that, I'm a lot happier as a result of it. I have a lot more deeper connections with people that I've ever had probably in a number of years. And that alone to me is worth what we're doing. All right, Mark, anything we missed? You want to get your contact information out there? My contact information? Yeah. My email address is mark, M-A-R-K, at think, T-H-I-N-K, multifamily.com. So it's mark at thinkmultifamily.com. And then our website is thinkmultifamily.com. And we're all about trying to give back to people and help people and just really make people become a little more educated than they are before they make investments in real estate. Cool. I definitely appreciate, Lane, you have me on. Truly, it's a great, great thing. And I really appreciate what you're doing, trying to give back to the community. Thanks, Mark. We'll talk later. Thank you, Lane. Take care. 
This website offers very general information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor situation is unique. Always seek the services of licensed third-party appraisers and inspectors to verify the value and condition of any property you intend to purchase. Use the services of professional title and escrow companies and licensed tax, investment, and or legal advisor before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk. The content found here is just my opinion and things change and I reserve the right to change my mind. Above all else, do your own analysis and think for yourself because in the end, you are the only person who is going to look out for your best interests.